All right. Well, we are on episode 22. Got Matt Falk. And I have to start by saying this was a crazy quarterbacking position getting you on here. <laughs> I want to give a first shout out to JoJo. Haven't met her, uh, only digitally spoke with her. And me and her have been throwing the ball back and forth for a while. I know you're a busy man. So first and foremost, thank JoJo. Yep. And thank you. JoJo. you. Oh, no worries. No worries. Stoked to be on here, man. Awesome, man. It, had, it was a journey trying to coordinate schedules and make this work. but Totally. It, it, it's, it's funny, too, because you figure what we're learning, too, is, is people, even during quarantine and, and all this nonsense we've been in the last couple of months, you figured schedules would be like blank, which some are, but it's actually been a challenge because people are bouncing around. A lot of people are pivoting, maneuvering, um, making different decisions for like business, personal life, all that jazz. So you were one of the, one of the harder ones. Hey, well, we made it. We're here. Definitely. Yeah, see where we go. Well, I'm pumped, man. Um, so I, I, we, we've known each other digitally for a little while. I know a little bit about you. I know nothing pre-basic, nothing pre, you know, since we really started talking about getting you on the show. So I'm excited because those are, are the best people to sit across from because I'm learning literally as we're talking. So I guess always first starting point is like, where'd you grow up? Are you California native? California native. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Humboldt County. Okay. Um, Don't know where that's at. Yeah, Humboldt County. So it's, it's like the weed capital of the world. Okay. Um, it's like north of Mendocino, south of Oregon border. So right on the cusp. Cool. Um, grew up there. Went, um, and then I moved down to, to Murrieta, actually, my senior year of high school. So I graduated down here in Southern California, but then went back up north. So I call myself a California kid because, I mean, I literally have been, like, up and down the state. Totally. Um, avoided Central because it doesn't count. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so, so, so SoCal, NorCal, are, are you, is there a preference? Um, That's I, NorCal. I'm a San Diego kid. Yeah, I would, I would consider myself San Diego home now. Okay. Um, just, I mean, I've been here for the last 12 years, and before that, I was Northern California, but, you know, I left that in the past, so I'm kind of in the present. What moved you, or what got you here? Oh, that's a whole story. Um, nice. That's why we're yeah, on here. No. That's why we're here. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, I mean, growing up, like I always had ambitions and I was a, a pretty big athlete in my, my childhood. Um, grew up playing baseball and basketball. Nice. Um, had some opportunities ahead of myself um, on the baseball side and the basketball side, actually. And middle of my senior year, um, I was out partying. I hung up with, with some shitheads and, you know, we... we Always had a good time, and um, I still hang out with shitheads, but I guess to don't that end, all, don't yeah, we all, know, right? But we, um, you know, we're out at a party, and I was driving, actually, and I didn't drink all night, and we came back downtown into this area, like, that was a plaza, and we went to Safeway to grab just my friends. We wanted some bagels. I don't know why. It's, like, one in the morning or something. They wanted bagels, and I'm cruising on the plaza, and I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, a 1996 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Nice. And yeah, can you remember the year? How, how all that even matters? This has got to be a crazy. good story. Yeah, you know well, those details? No, but like, so I'm just cruising down the damn street and this cop is walking down the plaza just checking things out and he, he sees me just flashing the light. So I pull over because I hadn't done anything wrong. And he, mm -hmm. he's like, you've been drinking son? And I'm like, no, man, like, what do you mean? Have I been drinking? Like, I saw you flash a light at me. So I want to make sure you're all right. And um, turned out that I didn't have my damn headlights on. I had the dashboard lights on oh. because I was in the city. So you couldn't even tell mm -hmm. what the differences were. And so he's like, get out of the car. Cause I have a car full of just drunk assholes behind me. Right. Fuck. So, and I'm 17. And so I get out and I pass the DUI test, but then he decides to breathalyze me. Um, and I blew a 0. 0.0001. So like the most minimal, so something like I didn't drink, Mouthwash. but yeah, it was yeah, something. Yeah. I don't even know what it was, but I was like, okay. And he even let me go. It's like, you know what? Just park the car, call someone to come pick you up. Um, no worries. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, got out of that for whatever reason, but I didn't do anything wrong. And so I called this woman, Liz, cause I was living at her house. Um, just cause my mom had just remarried. I didn't have a place to really stay. Gotcha. And Liz came, picked me up and then, you know, went through the weekend. I was fine. So Monday I'm in class. Um, and I get called to the principal's office. I'm like, what the hell is going on with this? So I'm sitting there and the fucking cop walks in. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. 
And so we're sitting there like, yeah, so you broke the athletic code of conduct. And I'm like, I did what? What, what does that even mean? No. No DUI, yeah, athletic code of conduct. So I was suspended from sports play for a year. So that which also voided my scholarship opportunities. No. Yeah, so kind of lost everything. And so that moment I was like, what the hell? So my mom sued the school district. Like we went oh after everything. God. It was like this whole ordeal. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it was my way out. Like Humboldt's not the coolest place. Yeah, and so yeah. I was like, okay, so this is happening. Um, so I decided like I turned 18 like three weeks later and the first day I could, I literally packed my shit up in a truck and moved my friend Billy's house that lived in Marietta. I just, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. So moved to Marietta completely, you know, 14, 14 hour drive down the road and just started staying with Billy, walked to Marietta Valley High. I'm like, hi, I'm here to transfer high school. So they're like, what? Yeah. So I just, just you yourself. Yeah. Just myself. Like literally walked up to the attendance window and I was like, yeah, I'm here to finish high school. So I actually didn't even know you could do that, but apparently you could. And so, yeah, then I graduated at Marietta Valley High. Um, I was living on my, I couldn't pay rent because I had nothing to do. So I, my friend Billy kicked me out. Um, oh love you, Billy. And then <laughs> still do love Billy. No, he's a good dude. I get it. I was an <laughs> asshole. And then I saw, I was just couching it on my aunt Sharon's, um, green couch in, in Riverside, just doing the commute to Marietta back and forth and graduated. And then my uncle Roy kicked me out of his house. So not Bro. put me out. Yeah, I know. And then I was like, okay, cool. So I was literally like homeless. Um, I lived in my truck for a minute. Oh my God. And then I decided like, okay, so what do I got to do? And then my aunt Dana, um, took me under her wing up in Northern California for a little bit. So I moved back to Sa like Northern California, but Sacramento this time and then kicked it there for a bit. And then ultimately I'm sure we'll get there, but work brought me back down to San Diego. So that's kind of the background that kind of made me the California Just drops a bomb. Right? Yeah, right no. so it's been, let me chew on that one yeah. for a little bit. So when you got, when you break the code of conduct, that meant you're out of school or out of sports, out of sports. Okay. So and you wanted to obviously, yeah, like I want to keep going and actually what it was kind of compounded. So my mom um, has AIDS mm. and so, and she was pretty sick during my senior year. So I was actually spending a lot of time taking care of her. But what's mm. funny is I had a 4.2 GPA. So the school couldn't even really get mad at me about that, but I was considered truant because I wasn't at class a lot. Mm. So there was that whole thing. And then also I hung out with the biggest shitheads at the school. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of this juxtaposition of like impression of a perception of somebody. Totally. Um, yeah. So that was also part of it. So I didn't get kicked out of school, but they were definitely looking for reasons to, to have their issue with me. Oh man. So when you went, when you moved, were you able to pick back up with sports? You know, so it was, it was a, a troubling thing. I, Moved down here, and I thought about playing again, especially baseball, because there were some opportunities for me. But even the high school, when you moved the high, that other, the next high school, didn't yeah. You so could, you I, could, or? I could, yes. Oh, okay, but because it was a different district. Gotcha. Um, but ultimately, I was just so burnt on it that I didn't even go for it, you know, mm. and um, decided to go ahead and get back to my childhood dreams, which was BMX. So I started right racing BMX again, um, and that's actually what ended up getting me into doing basic, which is kind of a fun small circle thing, which I'm sure we'll get to. Hell yeah. So, so going back, cause that's like a number one question, especially a guy who's got as much business experience with you as you do is I always asked, like, were you, when you were growing up like little, were you, were you doing like pseudo businesses? Were you taking stabs at that? We always use the lemonade stand reference. Like, were you doing stuff like that? Yeah. I made a coloring book. Like when I was super young, I used my dad's coffee machine to like make a Ninja Turtle coloring book. Like nice. super, super young. Um, my friend Sean and I were hustling CDs, you know, we'd like burn CDs and oh, yeah. everything was off oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, we even had an eBay scam that we pulled off for a while. Like we would like sell stuff and then bid against ourselves to kind of up it. I and mean, I swear they like changed their policy because we were like, doing that. Um, <laughs> so it was there. Yeah, there was some things going on. Um, 
No, but you know, I, I was always in the arts and crafts side and my mom was an entrepreneur. Um, mm. And so I think I learned from her and then also just, I mean, shit, I was homeless for a while. So had to figure out how to. Yeah, that'll kick it in gear. Going. Yeah. So where was the, what was the BMXing about? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I just rode BMX on the side. It was just a fun activity. You know, it was pretty popular in the nineties. Um, and then when I moved to, you know, when I was living down in Riverside, my aunt and stuff, my cousin was racing motocross. And I was like, you know what, I might as well get back in this BMX thing. And it just kind of naturally stuck. I, I got pretty good at it again because I was, I guess, an athlete from playing baseball and basketball. So it wasn't sure. too hard to figure out how to pedal bikes since I've been doing it when I was younger. And, um, you know, this area, it definitely is kind of a mecca for BMX, you know, especially more mm -hmm. in the Inland Empire area. And so kind of started doing it. And then next thing I know, I was factory sponsored, like getting paid to fly over the world to to go race. Um, how old were you? I was 18 then. So yeah, so Holy 18. Shit doing that, like literally my graduation night, I literally had to hop on a flight to Utah just to go race at a national. So yeah, I was getting flown all over the place to go. That's do that. crazy. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a wild ride. Um, so you're still scratch. I mean, that's an, that's an athlete. You're still scratching kinda, an athlete yeah, itch. It is. It's way more of an athlete now, you know, that they're doing the Olympics and stuff like that. You know, what, what year was it that you were in it? I rose, I raced BMX from tooth oh, shoot, man, like 2002 to 2006, 2007. Like, it, was, it was pretty serious. It was popular. Oh, it was really popular. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's, like, still, it's still like really popular now. No, oh, I don't know too much about it. It still is popular. I mean, it goes through its moments, but um, yeah. And like through BMX, actually, you know, small things well over time ultimately led me to need to market myself. I was like, okay. So I kind of started designing again and making my own edits and videos. Hell yeah. And then that led to, you know, other companies kind of being excited about what I was doing for myself. So they're like, hey, could you do that for me? And then just small things became bigger things and bigger things became bigger things. And then, you know, next thing I know, I'm running one of the best agencies in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so. Okay, so I was really hoping that that was like the the grass root of it because you always wonder where, because you are, it's a, a mega agency, that you always wonder where the first, like, the first phone call, first, so to speak, door you knock on, like where it happened. So for you, was there was there a first that you remember that was an actual, like, inquiry or like, Hey, yeah, I'll take this on. It's it, what paid unpaid or like it was a first step into, okay, I'm not doing me now. This is actually uh, being, yeah, hired I don't know if there's a first inquiry I remember, but it's kind of fun. So when I moved up to Sacramento, um, there was Roseville BMX, which is kind of an iconic place for BMX. I don't know why it's Sacramento, but mm -hmm. also great river culture. Highly recommend it if you're looking for things to do in the summer, go get gotcha. on the boat. Good times. Where is it? Uh, Sacramento, just Sacramento oh, river, American river. Like that's it's, crazy. It's kind of iconic. Noted. Uh, yeah, it's really fun, but so I was up there and I started going to the track there and this guy, Rich Pelton, um, he ran a company called Tangent, um, really cool guy. And him and I just hit it off and he kind of took me under his wing and let me come live with them. And mm. um, we just hit it off like so, so well. And he always had the coolest branding and stuff. And so I was like trying to design for myself. And you know, one day I like showed him something, I like did a mock-up ad for him. And he's like, man, you should probably figure something else out. Like, like you're not that good at this. You really? Know? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> fuck, okay. Thanks. But it fired me up. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he used to work with this guy, Eric Rossell, um, that, you know, is like super good at branding. He like did the Hyundai logos, the Quicksilver logos and things. Um, ironically, he actually designed some of the illustrations and stuff that actually, had me on the shirts for the American Bicycle Association, oh. like at the rent events. Yeah, they would act, cool. So it was just a small kind of connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I kind of just really admired Eric's work and was doing things. Actually, funny story is when I founded Basic, Eric was part of it. So really, that's like seven years later. Like we came full circle, and Eric and I ended that's up working crazy. together and stuff. But so that rich thing is something I always remember. He's like, "Man, you better figure something else out." And I'm like, "Well, man, how do I?" And I started practicing. And then like his dad, I did like a a vinyl print, like really cheesy, like 
thing for him. That was one of the first projects for Rich's dad. And then um, like a really bad website for his mom that I like pretty much stole from somebody. Um, <laughs> and you were just self-teaching. Oh, yeah, you were just self, self-teaching, spitting it out. Yep. And then I went to Sierra College. Um, it's like, I'll try and do this thing, but it just wasn't working. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick to bartending and serving on the side. Mm-hmm. And and then on top of that, just keep designing on the side and riding BMX and try and figure out my means. And that's I think crazy. I learned some social skills through the bartending life. And then, you know, the BMX thing made some introductions and then my drive just to, to learn and Dude, it's under it's underrated the social skill oh, you dude, get from bartending. I wish everybody would do it. It's I credit it all. World. Working yeah. in restaurants, everybody should go through it because it definitely teaches you to talk to almost anyone. Yes, it does. And you deal with bullshit and it's it's a struggle and it's fun. You learn how to it's like, ah, what are you gonna do with it? And and it's just it's good people, man. It's it's still all my, my friendship group. Totally. So it's funny because we I, We've had someone come on before who, who's talked about when they were first getting started. Actually, one was uh, was in radio and was talking about her first uh, radio. What are the little pitches they put together? Or like uh, to, to get airtime, she had to put together like a, a mock reel, a sizzle reel on herself yeah. and had the same thing said. And the guy goes, oh, this is fucking garbage. And she had to redo and redo. And I asked her and I'll ask you the same thing. I'm like, Did you, do you still have any of those? Like, have you, can you look back? Like, do you have any of the projects you had that were crap? That you know, you, that you kind of like frame in the... I would love to. So I don't have all my early, early stuff because um, after I moved back to San Diego, um, it was New Year's, I had my brother down and I had everything on this external hard drive, including my music. And I was having a party at my house and my brother was lit and he (laughs) ended up tripping on the drive and it broke and it shattered and we couldn't like go get it fixed. So I lost like some of my early years. I lost all of my photos from like my early twenties too. So it was kind of a bummer to lose like that whole era because it's not now with cloud and all that. So that was a major bummer, but I do have, so I founded basic in 2010 and we just hit our 10th year anniversary so I, i'm thinking about doing kind of a fun like medium section of like year by year what i learned and what we did and Hell just show yeah. the progression of how bad the work was even though we're doing cool stuff yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just funny to see what it was then versus what it is now wow so congrats on 10 years yeah that's, thank that's you huge. no it's a huge thing yeah it just turned 10. secondly when did you realize you know it's like it's it's similar to playing sports there's a, a point in time when you realize hey i'm actually pretty good at this was there a specific point you realized like yeah, you know what, I'm actually now, I'm better, I've progressed, or I'm, I'm actually, I can service this skill, as opposed to, you know, where you came from, where the guy says it's, this sucks. Yeah, yeah, no, same guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we became roommates. He's one of my best friends. Oh, he's, gonna be in my, he's gonna be in my wedding here soon, but. Um, that's funny. We were, uh, yeah, I was just designing stuff, doing fake ads, doing stuff for free, helping his dad out, working with this other company, you know, just doing stuff. And then one day I did another pass for him. And he's like, holy shit. And he shared it with Eric, actually. And Eric's like, yeah, man, this guy's legit. You should start using him instead of me because Eric was trying to get out of doing stuff for free for him all the time. <laughs> so he kind of pawned off the work on me and then it kind of started <laughs> progressing. And then from that, I started seeing more inquiries for me. And I was like, okay, you know what? This could turn into something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I was really kind of pivoting away from like ads and layouts and more into the digital interactive side just because I, I had a really strong, like true brand mind around business and strategy and how to position things. Sure. But bringing that to like websites and stuff as it was starting to take off and um, won a bunch of awards. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Years, especially the early, early years. And it just kind of started, then I was like, okay, you know what? I think I could turn this into something. So. Totally. And 2010, so that was right when like social media was really hitting the spotlight. Yeah, and starting I, to pick up, yeah. Was, was that part of, I mean, did you attach yourself early on? Was that part of your uh, the attachment of what you guys were pushing? No, it was just small things well for me. Um, it's a big theme I always say to my, myself and my team and my girlfriend even. Um, mm-hmm. Just like how you, our fiance, ooh, she's gonna kill me on that one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we will, <laughs> but it, uh, you know, it was like, okay, so how do I like keep this thing going and, and doing things where people will become the brand ambassadors for me? Cause you can broadcast out 
all mm-hmm. day, right? But it's, you know, a brand, it's cliche. It is, it's not what you say, it is what they say it is. Mm-hmm. And so if I can do right by people to get them talk about, oh, this guy's cool to work with, he does great work, and, you know, he has a good time doing it. Totally. Like, that's, that's the philosophy I always had building this thing. Mm. Um, I was super selective over it. And then through that, we'd do good work, and then it gave me the liberty to feel confident to put it out there in the world mm. and then really see the reactions from it. So, you know, I, we were good at promoting early on, but I think we really started ramping up our internal marketing for ourselves probably 2013 2014 is when we really started using social and different mm. channels to do that dude and I, I have a kind of a selfish question but i feel like a lot of people can relate to this the space you're in is really hard um you have to be really selective in, in when you say your team who you bring on the team yeah. because you're really in a creative space yeah. and there isn't really anything someone can write on a resume that says i'm i'm creative this creative that or like my qualifications yeah. in creative <laughs> and it's funny too because i last year sometime I heard Mark Cuban say something to the tune of the skill that's going to be most needed in, I forget what, what year, how far out is creative something you put on there. And I'm like, you're 100% right, mm-hmm. because most creative it translates into ideas. Ideas translate into money, execution, so on and so forth. But the tough thing is, and I imagine early on, is like people wanted to work with Matt. Yeah. You know, now, now transitioning out, because I've, I've been there too, and I feel like anytime we have any new piece of business or, or new company, it's really hard determining or talking to people, especially when you're close with the client relationships. Like, yes, it's me, but this is the agency. And how was that, I guess, process of going from, because it couldn't be like right now, there's no way Matt could oh, service no, no, no. all the clients. But it's also like, dude, I have to, with, with a fine scope, pick and select everybody that comes through this door and works for me and represents because it's essentially, yes, it's basic, but it's you, yeah. you know? And, and I'm sure you probably still people, have people you work with who are like, your reputation speaks just as much as basics reputation. Mm-hmm. So scaling that, like how was that process of going, kind of pulling back Matt and not talk to talk about you in the third person, but like pulling back Matt and being like, this is the agency. You know, it kind of happened naturally because a lot of people, especially in the design space, like which is where I'm in, they typically run a freelance business like, oh, you know, Matt designed this, but I always created the presence of the brand first. So it was almost mm. like you're hiring basic and I acted like, oh, it was a proposal from basic. I even sometimes act like I'm an assistant mm. to like, create the totally, image yeah. that it wasn't me. Um, and I've been very big on elevating the people to make sure that they're seen as people doing and I'm fostering relationships and mentoring and guiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a struggle regarding separating yourself, even just from like having your hand on everything, I think was more mm-hmm. the struggle for me that versus like people necessarily soliciting just me. But what I have found is that even if you're involved, they demand that you're involved somehow because that trust is still there and I still totally. haven't gotten out of it. Um, Are you talking about from the client to you or from the staff? From the client to you. To you. Okay. Yeah, so just the perception of what they're hiring and how involved you're gonna be. Um, do you get that at all from your team? Like does your team, is there a, an attachment they have like for you to be involved? They did and I think, you know, being real, real, um, we've gotten a lot bigger and I think some of the old guards struggle a little bit because they don't have as much time with me now. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of been new management. Some of, some of our old uh, people have been here a long time have grown. Other ones we brought in from other places. Mm-hmm. And so I think just the, the dynamic of that culture has shifted a bit and they still mm-hmm. love the company and what we stand for, but the same intimacy that we had when we were you know 20 people is very different than where we are now. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a bit of struggle with that. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's natural with any business. What, like what's it been the biggest, the biggest struggle? making that jump? Oh man, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I, scaling a culture is tough um, and totally. understanding how to remove your emotion of the challenges people will have with a company and where it's at. It's not a personal attack at you. 
Mm-hmm. It's just a symptom of the business being its own entity now mm-hmm. and learning to separate that. Um, that's been, I think, a very hard part. It's not taking everything personally and understanding, hey, this is a natural thing that people are going to feel and through change totally. and through progression. Um, because, yes, basic, I mean, it's as much mine as it could possibly be. And you mm-hmm. feel it at that level. But sometimes you're like, they're not attacking you. They're attacking a situation that the business is responsible for. Yeah. So how do you kind of get in and fix that? Yeah, and scaling a culture, that's definitely, uh, like, you, your word and, like, you being there can only go so far. That's definitely a torch you have to hand to several people, which is really hard. Yeah, it's, and, and one bad seed, like, can really just fucking can light a, a good company culture on fire. Oh, absolutely. Know? And I think I, we were always really purposeful in making sure that the culture wasn't defined as a set way of being because every new hire is going to make a shift, right? It's mm-hmm. a new person, new personality, new beliefs, new values. Mm-hmm. And so at our core, we have our core set, but we want to adapt and be as inclusive as we can be. Um, basics pride has always been a diversity. I mean, I just actually came across a photo for like seven people and three of them are international. Um, there was only one white individual and it was just kind of cool. <laughs> like, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. and like, so we've always built it. And honestly, like it was so inclined to the business that I didn't even think we had to build it in. And now we're at this place where, you know, we're much bigger and with everything going on in the world and the social inequality, like we started taking a look indoors at our own walls. Are we, are there pay gaps? Mm-hmm. Are there things happening? And, and I think that's some of the stuff that the old guard is feeling a little bit. It's like, hey, this has gotten a little bit outside of what we truly grew up knowing. So it's fun just kind sure. of shifting and, and going through that. And it was a little bit of dose of reality. I'm talking to my own personal life coach and business coach about it because it's kicking my ass, like the emotions of it all. That's what I was going to ask you, is you have, if you have someone to like to vet this through. Oh, or to talk to. Yeah. Um, last year, I decided it was time to get somebody to start mm. really picking. I mean, I've had, you know, friends and mentors that I've picked their brains on stuff, but I've never actually gotten a coach that like yeah, to yeah. how to go through it. Um, and I picked this human not just because he was a badass business exec, but because, I mean, he went on and traveled the world and learned all these different, like, philosophies and, and thinking. And so he just brings this whole level to you to, like, sure, help yeah. understand your whole self differently. And because who you are and how you show up impacts both your personal life as well as your business life. And so if you can't get inside first, you can't fix, fix outside of it. And so that was his whole thing. It's like, dude, you're not going to to change shit until you get inside yourself. So What was the process of, of seeking out uh, a coach? <laughs> process I don't think it was easy no god no it wasn't easy (laughs) it's also weird because I've been doing like how do you just put a flag up and say I'm looking for someone to talk to I'm looking for a coach and and where do you send that out to I know there are like services but I think it's it's for me even if I go to like we've talked about you know there's networking functions and there there are like uh I know a lot of people who put on like micro classes Mm -hmm. and like entrepreneurship stuff I'm just I'm extremely picky on my company, especially in those settings. And, and I, have, I have buddies who pay to be part of a service and in his group setting that sound great, but I've never really had one that I'm just like, I'm, I'm jumping at. This is actually for me a great, I get in front of a lot of people with a lot of experience. I say it's like reading someone, your book from front to back is sitting in a podcast together. And maybe that's just like scratching the surface, but like for the general person, how do you go about, you know, finding them or how did you go about it? It's, it's a journey. Um, so, <laughs> I had gone through a little personal stuff um, and uh, well, when was it? Mid 2018. It's 2018. Now I'm like trying to go backwards. When are we now? 2020. Yeah. Like, no, literally it's like we like 2020. Yeah. So mid 2018. And so I was kind of just, I was losing myself a little bit, you know, I mean, I was still working hard, but I I was going pretty hard on the weekends and stuff. And my VP of ops, um, her name's Ashley. I mean, she's my work wife and my sister. I mean, I love her so much. And she pulled me aside one day in the office, like, okay, you're going to stop. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to stop? She's like, I know you and you're just, you're, you're going for it and we're going to stop. We're going to reground <laughs> you. She's like, I'm going to get you a coach. And I'm like, what do you mean you're going to get me a coach? She's like, I'm going to find you either a life or a business coach, just somebody to fucking hold you accountable right now. Mm. And I'm like, okay. 
I'm like, you know what, Ash? Yes, let's do it. And so we interviewed a bunch of people. There was a super corporate guy that I couldn't stand. Um, there was this woman who did our management training for the company. That was cool. But like the way she even just set up her whole pitch to me on why she was going to be a good coach for me, it was just so fake. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to totally, work. Yeah. And then um, this guy, Sohill, he had done some mentoring and some um, human development at an agency I really respect called Instrument up in Portland. And our VP of creative is like, Matt, you should try Sohill. And I, I just chatted with him. I'm like, this guy is so not me. You know, he's talking about spirituality and his heart and his mind and all this crap. And I'm like, I'm like, this is what I need. Like, let's, let's go for it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go in with this guy because I, don't, I, I understand business. I'm really damn good at it. But like, I struggle with intimacy with myself sometimes and mm -hmm. just like, you know, and if I can get, if this guy can crack that, then I'll be fine. And you know what? He has, it's taken a while. Um, in fact, our session today, he was like, you've matured so much in that regard. Like I can actually see when you're feeling something versus you just give me your bullshit. And I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. That's funny. So it came from that, but like, yeah, cause you know, it's, it's almost like if you're gonna get a coach, like dating, like you gotta go through rounds sure. and go through things. And so you gotta trust, like it's better to get hooked up by a friend, right? It's like, oh, I got yeah, somebody, yeah. even though it's usually awkward at first, it, yeah. it pans out. We've all no, been there. Definitely. It's, it's funny though, cause I've actually, it wasn't intentional, but I knew that was their intention at least. I've, I've sat with two different people who were in that, in that space. Um, one was a guy, one was a girl, and this was a year, two years ago. And I actually, as I walked away from the, the girl, I thought, man, this would be a great, her service would be great for, um, we have, we actually have a, our, almost our whole marketing team is female. Um, almost, and it was, she was accountability and she, she was really uh, attaching herself to uh, businesses because then she'll touch base with all the employees, yada, yada, yada. But I felt myself, and I don't know if this is the right approach going into it, but I was almost like sizing them up because there's a, there's a part of me that also like, yes, we have to, like, have we, have, we have to jive. But I'm like, what I'm looking for is to be a better person in here and out of here. So I want someone who's done it and done it better than me. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I and maybe this is the wrong way of doing it. I like disqualified in my right away, especially even the guy too. I'm like, dude, love your story. And I, I feel like a week or two, I, I'd love getting on a FaceTime with you. But after a week or two, I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Maybe I pre-assume, but I was sizing them up and maybe looking at the wrong things. I don't know if you did. I mean, there's always a little bit of that. Like, so he'll never really ran his, I mean, he runs his own business now on the consulting side, you know, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like, but it was just looking for different perspectives, you know, because no one's gonna teach you how to do things. It's about how they open your mind to different change. Like, totally, yeah. I think that was a big thing for me because yeah, you can have people like, oh, I'm seeing this challenge, how do you solve it, right? Mm -hmm. And they can give you the answer, but even their answer isn't gonna be the exact same context you're going through. Mm -hmm. So it's about giving like, for Sohill, what he does is he teaches me like innovation frameworks of how to think about things differently. It's mm -hmm. like how to, how to make decisions on the fly that are based in context. Like, so it's more of a giving you those situations versus like, hey, here's what I'm seeing. And then he can offer his take, but he's never gonna tell me what to do. And I think yeah. it'd be interesting because you sometimes solicit that answer. It's like, I don't know, like make me better, but they're not gonna yeah. make you better by telling you what to do. And what they tell you, they aren't actually in the details unless you go into all the details. So, Dude, and you kind of gotta have a little bit of a psychologist in you too, because you're, you deal with people. That's all you, oh, no. you're, in, yeah. you're in the people business. Absolutely. So you have to like, you're, you're constantly, I'm sure having to do like heat checks on on everybody on staff, on uh, clients, yeah, like do. you're you're a part time. I I I actually enjoy it because I'm like, dude, I I feel like once you grow business, ultimately you're just a problem solver, and it almost gets to the point where you're competitive. Like when COVID happened, I look, I'm like, ah, fuck this. I'm, I'll, I'll figure out I'll figure out the way out of this. And unfortunately, there were so many dead ends that it was like there was no way out. But I, I get with that with our people. Is that, you know you have people in here. We had. One girl went on maternity last leave. One girl's doing with this outside. One got divorced. Yep. You know, I almost look forward to, hey, bring that shit to me. Because yeah. that's, a, even from our, our company standpoint, like I'm used to getting us out of there. And then when, when that's done, it's like, hey, I did my part. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. That you almost have to do that with people too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and it's, it's fun. And I think one of the things I love about BASIC is like, people work anywhere in the world. 
-hmm. they're trying to mm -hmm. progress themselves and they feel that this is the place to do it. Like, and I take so much pride in that. And so mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be a place where people come in and they always feel like we contribute to their life in a positive way. And that might be, I did the hardest work of my life, but I fucking grew. Or yeah, I was yeah. challenged in new ways, or I met some of my best friends. You know, it's definitely not easy. We have a very much a sink or swim kind of culture. Like you come in and you know what you're going after it. It's, I think it's from my sports background. Like we're not trying to Love carry it. around, but Love it. I, that was always my mission with it. It's like, look, what impact do we have on your life? You know, as long as there's a positive taken from it, that's been amazing. And, you know, we've had very low turnover. Um, and as we go through things, but yeah, you're right. Like I love that challenge. I love learning about people, what makes them tick, mm -hmm. where they're going to thrive, how to put them in environments that kind of succeed in it. And I think as we've grown, I've gotten out of that a little bit because they have me focus on different things and I brought in really smart people that are really great at it too. But sometimes you're like, ah, I kind of miss that. Then you yeah, get into it and you're yeah, like, damn, I'm not sure. as good as I used to be. So that like, it's, yeah. it's pivoting, you know? Um, yeah. When I think about the business, I went from like designing websites to designing a company. Like, and it's just totally. a whole different thing, but I love it. Like, mm -hmm. you're still solving problems. You're still thinking through situations. You're still like testing things. Like, you're right. So, it's, you know. so, so shifting gears, but same gear is for you personally, because you said you're engaged now. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Is I'm sure that's also been in 10 years of running a business, a balancing act or, or figure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's always going to be, yeah. you know, because I've been two relationships through and, and we, we just had our nine year. Um, two relationships since day one on mine. And it's always, you know, at least learning from, you know, what did I do wrong? What didn't I do? Did you have, do you have those bumps and bruises oh, yeah. along the way? I'm sure you do. And I'm sure you probably have someone who's really fucking great and, and, and buckles down when it's going through those. Yep. No, I, it, it was hard. I mean, I completely kid myself to this business. And in fact, when I first started dating Devin, I was like, look, just so you know, like the business right now is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And just want you to be able to know that I'm not going to like slow down on this thing and it's going to be kind of who I am because it is such a part of me. Yeah, and yeah. I think dealing with it up front made it a thing. And yeah, we had our bumps and roads. I mean, 2018, we broke up for a bit, you know, mm -hmm. so we all go through it. And that was when I just opened an office in San Francisco and we were just miserable. We were playing house in Mountain View. We were like, mm -hmm. we had this place. It was great, but there was nothing to do. It didn't align with our social life. It didn't align with the life that we like. And I was just working 24 seven. So I was coming home and tired and I was getting fat because I was just working too much and then eating nachos. And like, I just, it just wasn't really working, you know? And yeah, then one day yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm out. And I'm like, oh damn, okay. And it, it just devastated me. And so I think coming back from that, it, you know, I went on my own hiatus and then we ended up getting back together. And I think it helped me rebalance of what my priorities are, mm -hmm. you know, and I love the business. And, you know, about a year after that, her and I got engaged and we're excited about the future. And, but the, just the balance of it all, but it's totally. about finding somebody that's gonna understand you because the thing I do love about her is that she was trying to change me and then getting back, she realized she was never going to. Mm. And I wasn't trying to change her. It's like, look, there's a drive and that's what attracted her to me was I like that, my, yeah. my passion, my commitment to things. And she just wanted to feel important instead yeah, of like, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's those kind of realities you go through. And I had lost, you know, I mean, I'd dated, but yeah, I had two serious girlfriends before her that um, just couldn't deal, but you know, yeah. because they want to be something different and mm -hmm. it just wasn't the right approach. And so, I think as long as we understand where we're going and we talk and we share those values, like it's good. So yeah, is there? Because you said you had a hiatus, and, and I imagine during the hiatus you probably learned like learn change or probably still learning. Is are there specifics that you apply now, even like beyond just your relationship, but stuff to like? Because I always say sometimes I have to I have to re feel like a human being again because I remember the days of working a job when I was done with the job, like I was out, all I thought about was just me and where I was going, what I was doing, and I. And I I kind of get small doses of that. And I, and I know I'll never have like the full, I don't want the full experience yeah. of like, get the, I'm, I'm away from work. So now I can just be me for the next, however long. Have you had specific things that you've changed that like when you're, that you can turn the switch on and off and, and actually somewhat function? No. Um, Perfect, I, I, great answer. I, no. <laughs> 
I, I want to. I, I am yeah, definitely yeah. trying. I've been meditating. I've been trying to get more present. Um, I just, I get inspired by everything in the world. Like, mm -hmm. that's my job is to create consumer culture. Like, mm -hmm. and so I just, I love what's happening in the world and I get influenced by it. So, you know, when I'm out at the bars or out hanging out with Devin on a date, like I'm still processing and thinking about things in that regard. Um, but I think it's more just quality time with her and doing the things she loves too. Because mm -hmm. sometimes what I would do is I was working so hard, the self just would come not in the actions, but I'd be dragging her around a shit I only want to do. So it's like, okay, where's the compromise in doing things that she wants to do? We're finding things we both would like to totally, do. Yeah. So I think it's more that. And then when I am there to give her the attention, I can. And she, you know, yeah, we've yeah. also gotten to know each other. It's been four years minus the four and a half years minus the little hiatus. But I think it's just going through that and understanding yourself more and how it makes you tick. And, you know, so he literally has this like light and shadow or light and shadows. And like to every positive about you, there's a negative that puts attention on it. Sure. Yeah. So like for me, I love progress. I'm always chasing that new shiny thing. And it puts me in this odds with when things are good, I actually feel they're not good. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do you understand that about yourself and actually know what's making you think that way, both for yourself as well as when you're talking to others, you know? And so yeah. it's been fun. So I've taken some of that philosophy and applied it with Dev. And Isn't, didn't someone coin that as like the shiny object syndrome, something along those lines? Cause I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and it is like, it, it's a, that actually it, it's a good quality, but it can be problematic because, you know, like everybody says, once you hit a goal, you, you're looking for the next one yeah. up there. And, and at some point you're like, holy shit, well, when does this circle, when do I come full around on this circle to keep going? And then where I'd have the problems like, man, but I'm not just stopping and planning and looking what's right here though. You know what yes. I have right here? Because at, at one point in time, what I have right here was the shiny object. And now I'm looking back there again that you kind of have to figure out, and, and I haven't figured it out. So I love asking guys like you, especially in the creative spaces, it's it's not like you're manufacturing, fuck, I use widgets, yeah. product. Like when you get out, like the creative mind never stops, yeah. never stops moving, especially with at, at the demand you're at. You're at you're at the top of the top of the top who they expect like the creative output to be better than anybody. And I'm it's, sure you probably, you probably take pride in we are better than anybody. Yeah, yeah that's good. So, you know, so it, it's really, it's really hard finding that and without compromising a marriage, without compromising family relationships, yep. without compromising all that. It's, it's, uh, that's why I always ask specifics because dude, we're always like me and Serge for sure are always like almost like our own guinea pigs on trying new shit. Um, whether it's health, wellness, meditation, mm -hmm. Um, all that. So I don't know if there was any one specific one that really jumped out that you're like, Hey, and it could be that, I, mean, I don't know if the coaching was that, but no, it has helped me. I mean, I, I haven't cracked it. I've just gotten mm -hmm. better. And I think that, um, self-awareness also is something that goes mm -hmm. far. I can catch myself when I'm being an asshole or I'm being, you know, that person yeah, now yeah, and I yeah. never before would admit it. So now I'm like, okay. So I think that's just the maturity and maybe that's what she wanted. I don't know. But yeah, I think yeah. some of that sometimes helps out with it. Um, there, but it's just trying to find disconnect or finding hobbies and passions where you're as excited about those things mm -hmm. that it pulls you out of work. You know, like there was a random day I, I grew up, I loved fishing when I was a kid and I hadn't gone fishing in like 15 years. And then we actually just went out and rented a boat and went fishing. And I was like a kid in the candy store. Like I, I was so damn happy. Hell yeah. And I was yeah. like, this is what it feels like to yeah. not be thinking about it again, you know? And like, even sometimes like I'll go shoot baskets and that's fun. Or I'll go played um, through the ball with somebody the other day too. And it was pretty cool. But I think just finding those little moments where you can actually get Got out to. of the element um, because I, you search for it, right? Like I talked about my hiatus and why Ashley had to kind of go, okay, what are you doing? Like I was raging. Like I was, you know, for putting sure. back shots all night and partying all night. And I mean, living the best life, but not the best <laughs> life, you know, like, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, and I was like, yeah, I was just looking for that disconnect. It was my way of shutting the brain off. Totally. Yeah. Um, was it the right one? I would argue. Yeah. Because it actually kind of got some things out of my system for me to like ground out and refine my focus and my passion. So everybody goes through it. Um, bro, I, I say like, cause we obviously deal with a lot of hospitality. Yeah. So I'm around a lot of like, uh, I, I always say kids, but in their twenties and 
um, I feel like you have to get that out of your system. That's why, like, when I meet guy or girl, I'm like, you're doing where other people are like, oh my god, the person just parties or something. Like, they're doing exactly what they should. Otherwise, they're gonna have that that residual effect down the road when they're married in their 30s. They're like, ah, now I got to get out of my system. Like, no, you were doing that. Use your 20s and go after it everything yep. including the bars the clubs all yep. that dude fucking do it otherwise you're gonna be 30s and 40s in the next generation once you build resentment man it's over like, oh yeah. yeah like once that creeps in there is so it's like get out of your system because otherwise you're yeah. resentful you and didn't at do that something time, i was life. living your best life yeah. now it's a different best life yep. it's crazy so so speaking of, i know we talked briefly before you came on is obviously we're still in quarantine which we did yep. not think mid-july we would still be in quarantine um, and you said things are booming, are great. I did a little trolling on the website because I wanted to see yeah. who you're working with, yeah, moving yeah. and shaking. But I do want to hear, like, what's, I guess, what's really, uh, are there certain projects or brands or clients that are really you're fired up personally about? I, I know you have a lot, but are there certain ones, like, that you're working on the agency that you're just fucking stoked on? I mean, we get to work with amazing brands. Um, you know, Google is our biggest client. We do mm -hmm. just a ton with them, and we're really excited about the partnership and some stuff they're going to be announcing soon, so you'll see that. Cool. Um, Patagonia is great. Um, you know, I mean... She's like, we're doing new work with Riot Games. Um, we've got some new stuff for Under Armour coming out. Design with, I'm a big furniture head. Um, love furniture. And really? So Herman Miller, Design Within Reach. So that's uh, cool. we just launched their platform. We worked with this crazy eyewear brand, my friend Michael. Um, so yeah, we get to work on just some fun kind of crazy things. So yeah. Are you, are you still doing some of the like actual? Not anymore. No, the glory no. days are over. Is there a party uh, that want that? Yes, all the time. But then I get in and I forget how hard it is. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to back out of this. Like it is, it is. My job is to, to create a culture. People do the best work. In their yeah, lives. yeah. That, that's totally. my job now. Um, yeah. The last thing I did was our prior website. I designed it, um, put a lot into it. And I mean, I definitely was involved in the new one. We just, the, the one you were on today. Mm -hmm. Um, but more at a strategic, just helping the team go. Cause they're so much better than me now. Like they, those guys, they fly, man. Love hearing yeah, that. The that's team, a, that's the a team great thing. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Like they, they, I think they get annoyed. In fact, this is a fun little story. When I first started basic, I met with this guy that had an agency and it was big. He did like cliff bar and all kinds of things. And He's like, you know, when you're gonna, like, you're gonna someday get to the point in your agency where you're gonna walk into a meeting and you're gonna see people's eyes roll, and you're gonna be like, oh great, Matt's here. So what's he gonna freaking bomb us with now? And I'm like, well, no way that'll ever happen. Oh, it happens. Like now I get into meetings, <laughs> they're like, will you please go away? It's like, yeah, all right. Like, no, I won't. Not, yeah, like, I'm no, sitting I just down. Want to feel valued, guys. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go live in my PowerPoint decks and Excel sheets all day. Like, I want to get back so in this. That's so funny. But yeah. So when was? Because I mean, those are big brands. What what was the what was the jump off point that you? I mean, with a, getting to with a Google, where, where was the beginning point? Like, what was the first, where, how'd the client go from yeah. here to there? It's so fun. So, because you got to attract attention from people like that, that's a that's some yeah. serious attention. Absolutely. How did, how did you go about Absolutely. doing Absolutely. So, I talk about small things well. So, you know, we're, this is 2013. Um, you know, we've been doing some good work. We helped like Windows Phone, uh, Windows Phone 8 launch for HTC. My friend Kelly, he was a VP at uh, DC. So we kind of got some relationships going through him. Mm. Um, and he kept bouncing jobs and kind of bringing me with him. So I kept getting clients that now would give me more prestige to kind of leverage that I'm in meetings. Like, hey, we do all this work. And like, nice. so it was cool. But we were doing some work with REI. Um, and REI was having a hard time reconnecting with like a millennial audience, you know, the, they had grown to where their core demographic at the time was like, you know, 65 years old. Like, so yeah, people that yeah. grown with a brand that loved it, but they weren't doing anything to get younger. And so we we're helping them with like a back to campus campaign, a fun holiday campaign. Um, and then we were talking about like, well, REI has this most iconic, like in-store experience. When you go in there, everybody's educated. Everybody knows how to guide you to the right thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like some bullshit salesman, right? True. It's like true people that live the values of the company. It's like, how do we create that in a dot-com experience? How do we like bring what REI is known for into like a direct-to-consumer online platform? 
And so we helped them kind of create a vision for what it would be. At that same time, um, we were down here downtown because I was living in Encinitas at the moment. Um, we were downtown and me and my best friend Andrew were kind of partying and there were these guys that couldn't park their car because they were so lit. And like, <laughs> Andrew's like, dude, I'm gonna go park their car for them. Like, yeah, I probably should. So Andrew parked their car and then we ended up hanging out with them. It turns out they were um, the design team from Nixon, Nixon watches. No shit. Yeah, so then we kind of hit it off and we started doing like lunch and learns. We get together and just talk shop. It was more just people hanging out and jelly. Yeah, and then like, yeah. hey, we're about to take over this like website redesign. Like you guys, can you do that? We're like, nah, I don't know. We like just did a pitch for, you know, um, REI of where they could go. Like, we'd love to show you that. And so we ended up really impressed with them. So we won the business. And this is actually a good little learning lesson. So we won the business. I am ecstatic. I'm like, okay, we're gonna do everything yeah, we can yeah. to make this amazing. Nixon's an iconic brand. And then literally, a week later, I get a call from Chad, who's the founder of Nixon. He's like, Matt, like, love you guys, but the agency that helped build this thing has decided to start offering digital, and I, I just got to trust a group that has known me forever. I got to mm. go back with them. And I was devastated, but I was like, man, you know what? Like, as a person that's loyal, I can completely understand. So if that's what you got to do, you got to do it. I'm bummed. I wish mm -hmm. it wasn't that way, man, but I wish you guys the best. He's like, fuck, dude, you're cool. If I was you, I'd be telling me to fuck off right now. Yeah, yeah, contract. yeah. I'm like, no, it's not like that. And then a week later, he called me back. He's like, fuck those guys. They lied to me. So no yeah, so we ended up getting Nixon.com. And I mean, we threw everything at it. We knew that this was a chance to really build a brand that was on the up and up itself. So we could be the group, the challenger agency that helped challenge a brand mm. kind of break through. Um, they got into Nordstrom's. We took them global. It ended up winning like every award that year, the Webby Awards, you know, and that led us to getting like Encase, the backpack company. So we did a bunch of work for them. And then um, I was on LinkedIn one day and I got a message. It was from an executive producer at Beats by Dre. And he was like, man, no one's doing work like you guys right now. I want to talk. And then we kind of met, there was no pitch. They just gave us a budget and we started working on things. Next thing I know we're doing beatsbydre.com. The no pitch budget. Yeah, and then and then we worked on that. We did some work with Apple. Um, and then, you know, from that, we just got all these cool opportunities, you know, worked on Under Armour, Snapchat, some Nike work, and Google ended up calling and we had to pitch that thing. Oh my God, we had to pitch that thing. But Golly. we ended up, it's actually fun too. So Erwin, one of our creative directors and I were in Austin, Texas. Um, just bombed a pitch, like worst pitch we've ever been involved in. I mean, like I couldn't get out of that meeting soon enough. Like, I mean, people were it like, for who? Indeed, the okay. job search company. We just missed the ask. We went on an emotional thing. They wanted to be very data led and it was just a disaster. And so we're on the dirty six, just kind of like, fuck, what do we do, man? And the dirty six. Yeah, like, you know, oh, man, like we're, yeah, so we we're just like drinking, just like, wow, that was terrible. And I got this inquiry and I'll never forget it. And I called Ashley and I'm like, this thing just came in. And for some reason, I think this is gonna be the changer for us. And we were, it was, man. We ended up landing the business and, you know, opened an office in San Francisco dedicated to them. And we work on all kinds of awesome things and it's been, it's been changing for us. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah. So I have a few questions off that, but the initial was because we've, we've definitely honed in on the term relationship capital on this, yeah. on this podcast. And we've had some people who have, have stories just like yours where you can't write that, what you just said into business plan. No, and that's why I tell everybody, like, I, I also think a business plan is, is probably an outdated uh, concept to tell someone like, go yeah. write a business plan where you're going to be because you can't anywhere put in there. I'm going to run into a couple of guys, parallel parking and fucking, and pitch, <laughs> be pitching them later. Yeah, yeah, Not no, saying no. that that's no. the only way businesses no. grow, but how much, I guess, and it, and it sounds like even from back from the guy who told you your work is shit to now growing like you're you seem like a guy who has a ton of weight in relationship capital. Oh, it's everything. And 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 I guess like uh, more than anything, like speak on that, like how that's really helped propel. Because I think I think a lot of people have lost that concept only because we've gone so socially connected and digitally connected that it's a lot easier to cut off ties with you. 
um, if I were the guy at Nixon, yep. if it was just a social connection, like, dude, email, done, get out. But I think people are losing that. It still exists, and I think it always yeah. will still exist, having that relation, which could be back to the bartending days, could be back to so it's, many different things. And, and I, I personally think every dollar you pay, as long as you, like, like your coach that you're talking with, it is worth every penny of it because you're building the biggest driver of the company's relationship, and ultimately it comes it comes from you. Yeah, it's about trust and, and alignment, and I've always wanted to do great work and have a great time doing it. So people mm-hmm. enjoy working with you, and they feel they have a relationship with you, and you're bringing value to them just like they're bringing value to you. Mm-hmm. That's how great things come, and so that's been something I realized later better. You know, I mean, I did know it as we got going, but it's something now that it's like it's everything. It's the relationships you form, and, and it comes through that. And I think to the point, actually, I'm going to pivot to the business plan thing. Do it. I... Absolutely agree. Um, you know, we've always set goals because you got to know where you're trying to go, right? Mm-hmm. But how you get there is going to be the craziest squiggly line you've ever seen. So 2017 is when we won the Google business. That, like three weeks prior to the incoming RFP request, we were in Palm Springs, myself, Ashley, Erwin, and Andrew um, on a retreat. I'm like, Leeds, let's get out of here. Let's go get away and figure out what we, this company to become. And so we brainstorm big, hairy, audacious goals, right? Like want to be ad age agency to watch. We want to be over $20 million a year in in revenue for design work. We want to like just these crazy lofty things, right? Um, We want to have a count that everybody knows that justifies us open offices. We want to have global reach, like, and literally (laughs) three weeks later, the opportunity came in and then we kind of had that happen. And over the course of two years, we knocked off nine out of the 10 things we had on the list. So yeah, you could, so it's kind of like there's manifesting, but like how you get there, it's going to be, kind of random but then what's happened with weird is it kind of was like oh shit okay now how do we reset that next level progression mm-hmm. and like and so through the business plans like you can't lay exactly how you're going to get there what's going to happen because culture shifts and evolves so much so does business like you know if companies weren't ahead of themselves thinking about how they would survive in covid they're probably not surviving right now mm-hmm. but you didn't predict covid so it's like how do you create a nimble business that can kind of adapt and kind of embrace unpredictability bills still be set up to kind of progress based on what you've got going. So it's a, yeah. And and I think a lot of people like the company's closing from COVID. I think everybody immediately points to, it's a financial thing. And I'm like, yes, partially. And that plays a big role in it. But if you have the people who are willing to weather the storm with you, the people in your company. So when I look at a lot of companies close, I'm like, there's probably zero culture because Mm -hmm. everybody abandoned ship. And like, I'll find if if I do or do do not find a job, it doesn't matter me either way because I, this wasn't uh, the ship I was riding and wasn't worth the sale anyway. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that that's part of it. And we actually just turned an interesting quarter cause we do, we do retreats too. And I love them because that we, I try to structure them like a full weekend. That's, that's challenging talking about goals while also feeling like we're not working, but we actually now during quarantine, um, we've had majority of our, our staff has obviously had to furlough. We've had a lot of our high level team on, and we're starting to ask different questions. And, and I don't know if, you, if you've hit this point, but we're, we're now at a point where we only wanna, we wanna work with people we wanna work with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and is there ever a point where there is a client who, fuck, that brand is excellent, but the people are just fucking terrible and toxic. Oh, and yeah. we just, we're going through that right now. We're basically saying, hey, you know, we're starting to get those calls and like things are re-upping from like a, a lot of the clients. And I don't know if you, it sounds like you haven't really had to deal with this because your clients have stayed going through, but. Mm-hmm. A lot of had to shut down, but now they're coming back and, and uh, we're almost vetting, like, do we want to put do ourselves back in that position? Because the, who they're working with does take a toll. Their personality and the people there takes a toll on what we deliver with them. It's everything. No, I love that you're doing that. And I think we built the company. I felt in order for us to be truly great, we could only work with great things because you're only as good as your last project, right? Mm-hmm. And so we 
yes, there have been some jobs that were just complete shit jobs that we took to get the bills paid. But in general, we tried to stay very true to chasing things that kind of excited us because I've always had a saying that's like mediocrity comes from doing things that aren't inspiring. Mm. And so if we let mediocrity into the business, we're going to become a mediocre business. And that's not going to keep me here. So why would the hell would my team stay here? Why would our clients stay here? For sure. Um, and so that mindset is exactly what will drive you forward because you can pass on things. So 2017, when we won the Google thing, I made a commitment to only work on bigger opportunities. You know, and we had a couple losses, like we pitched Forever 21, we didn't win, the Indeed thing I talked about. And I was like, shit, mm. maybe we're not cut out for this. Mm. But I stayed the course and it, I, I hate it because it's that, like that cliche meme you see where it's like the stupid guy digging for a mine and the damn diamonds right there. right there, one more. <laughs> I fucking lived that, dude. Like, like <laughs> so that thing One is real. No, it's real. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, my CFO, Lisa, like she was like literally like begging me. She's like, Matt, you got to lay off half the staff. You're not going to make it. And I'm like, no, we ride or die. Like, I mean, I literally <laughs> like we're going for it. Like, I mean, they, what, what's it worth? I'll start another job. I'll start another agency. Like, it's not yeah, going to be yeah. hard for me to get back to this point. Like, this isn't where I'm stopping though. Like, mm -hmm. it's not a big deal. You know, we were doing for us at the time, which is really successful, you know, like I think we were a $4 million company then. And to me, it was everything. But I was like, I can get back to this. I know enough mm -hmm. for this, but I want to chase that next thing. And we've got such a strong portfolio. We got beats, we got these things. I just need to unlock that next totally, chapter, yeah. you know? And then like, we went through like three or four years of growth and you know, we're going to do almost $30 million this year in revenue on, as a design Incredible. shop. So it's like, Dude, that's you know, huge. you kind of progress and you keep it going and it, it, so no, and it's, it's fun and it has its own challenges and its own thing. But, you know, through that, I was able to uplift people, give them new management roles, give them bigger salaries. You know, mm -hmm. we pay them really well and we compete with the Bay Area tech company group. So it's, uh, it's crazy, but it. no, that, that stupid it, meme, I, every time I see it, I hate it. I'm like, uh, cause like, <laughs> it's real. Cause like, you're seeing your face on that oh, guy. No, it's real. And you're just like, okay, I'm just going to keep chipping away at this stupid thing and hope it breaks. We got to oh, believe in it. Like he had it, like, I think if you blind faith, just expect it. That's where that meme makes sense. But totally, I mean, I totally. don't want to talk about that meme ever again, actually. Uh, well, I'll talk about something else. Awards, because I, I, yeah. I did see I did see in my trolling, um, you guys have a handful of awards. Yeah. I guess tell me I don't know really anything about the Webby, so okay. tell me tell me about the Webby, and, and I guess tell me what the most meaningful award over the last ten years was for you personally. Yeah, so the Webbies are the Oscars, the Grammys, the Internet. Um, nice. like Jimmy Fallon wins them, won some this year. Like they're a pretty big deal. So. Um, they represent like seven different categories from podcasts to websites, to apps, to voice. I mean, all these different things and it's a global competition. So almost 13,000 companies enter every year, mm. um, with all these submissions. And then they do a people's voice vote, which they get almost 4 million votes on like what the best work of the internet is, um, mm. across things as well as, um, what they call the Webby winner. And in our industry, you know, there's like design awards that like other designers vote for, which is great. You know, you can mm -hmm. stroke your own ego and be stoked that another designer love your work. But like, we don't create for the designers, we create for the world. For sure. And so that's why I love the Webby's is like done by marketing directors. You know, it's like a true association response for the uh, accred uh, accreditation. And so we've always kind of chased those. And over the last four years, no other agency has been recognized by the Webby's more than us um, within yeah. the web and mobile category, which is amazing with 62 recognitions. Um, and what's crazy is, you know, we are roughly 115 people as a company, but we're competing against the global agency houses like BBDO, Wyden and Kennedy, which are like 10,000 mm. RGA, like people. And like, we were up for agency of the year against them this year. So That's it's crazy. like, yeah, so we're like the, the little, the little group that just keeps chipping away at things and the only design shop. And so for us, awards have been, you know, they don't mean everything because results for our clients mean more, mm. but it's validation. It's like, cool. We did some cool things that kind of mm. got us some legit work and, and going rad. through it. So yeah, no, we, we, we're fortunate in that regard. That's rad. So, so now Cummins full speed paint, paint the picture of 2020. Like how, how's 2020? We're halfway through how's 2020 been? And what is, what's the rest of 2020 for you? 2020 is uncertainty. Yeah, um, yeah. it's, it's just navigating the unknown. And, um, for me personally, it's been hard. Just 
I'm a very social person. You know, mm -hmm. I enjoy the camaraderie of being together. I think I've learned a lot in this time around how to lead a team that's uncertain, you know, because they're worried for their jobs. Our clients are worried for their jobs. They're worried mm -hmm. about what's happening in the world. Um, but we've been fortunate. You know, we do a ton of e-commerce work, a ton of, like, direct-to-consumer branding, um, and a lot of groups that are just thinking about digital transformation and where their business can be in three to five years now. So mm -hmm. as a consulting group, so they're coming to us and asking, okay, now this is happening, what's the future going to look like? So it might be a completely different world coming out of this. So we're guiding and consulting on that. And back in March, when all this started happening, you know, I sent an email to the team. It's like, look, I'm going to ride this out with you as far as I can. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to commit to like doing everything I personally can to save you a job. But in return, I need you to double down on the business and, and do everything you can. We're going to freeze all activities. We're going to freeze any promotions and bonuses. We're going to mm -hmm. freeze all, like just, but it's going to you guys. Let's see where we're at. And we've seen growth the last two quarters. So um, we're looking at it and it's fun. I'm gonna be able to announce uh, to the team that I'm gonna get some raises. So if they're gonna see this, they'll, they'll hear that oh, before yeah. it happens. Um, so no, we're gonna keep going. And we've got a really strong pipeline because mm -hmm. now clients are realizing that COVID isn't gonna slow down for now. So they're gonna have to figure out their business. So they're investing yeah. back into it. So we're seeing the leads and we'll see what the rest of the year looks like. But you know, I mean, definitely. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a journey. Um, it has definitely been a journey. Like Airbnb is a big account for us. And obviously they just got their, their butts kicked over the last bit mm -hmm. with um, everything they went through, but we're there to support them. We've given them a discounted rate card for the rest of the year just to do anything we can to kind of mm -hmm. get them through it. So we're committed and if they come out of it, you know, we'll be there totally. when we're ready. I feel like a lot, a lot of, I mean, small businesses and biz big businesses, they're going to see the re recoup period. And I'm sure you've been asked by plenty of people, like, what, what do we do? What should we be doing now? And, and I always am telling people like here as well, like just make sure you, you keep who you had, but you also, it's, this is an opportunity to win yeah. new people, you know, in every industry, there yep. isn't one excluded. Like I have a yep. bunch of friends who own various different types of gyms here. I'm like, guys, you understand all, like no one's in gyms right now. There's an opportunity there, not yep. right now, but there's an opportunity to win back over people who might not have been a member before. Yep. And I don't think there's a, there's an industry excluded from that is Absolutely winning not. people over, especially in the digital space. Like all people have right now, we took away the beaches, the parks, the restaurants, <laughs> everything like they're glued to digital. So yep. what can you do to, to win them back? But it's on the same sense the people who are behind pushing out that those winning ads or winning content, some might be furloughed. Yep. Some might be like just down in the dumps. Some might have their, their, their salary cut in half. It's a, it's a really fucking weird time. We're in oh, right it's now. absolutely. So you have to like, and, 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 and that's why I say it's not all financial. It's people too where if, if your people are like, okay, as long as I keep my foot on the pedal for the brands that we are aligned with, that's my job security. That's our future. That's that because this is going to, this is going to narrow out. It yep. will eventually narrow out. It's going to be weird. And it's, we haven't, we've gotten through a lot of the thick. I'm sure there's still some thick left, but that's more of the security. Like, no, you're, you're going to have all your brands look back and be like, oh fuck, they got us through, they got us through the COVID-19. Like, I think it's going to, it's going to be a definite, uh, uh, letter on on the wall for for most companies if they can see that far down the road but it's no, tough absolutely no and it's relationships and just find, trying to find ways to do different things right how do you stand out like one of the big things we were telling our clients is like stop being doing the empathetic like we're here for you it's covid things mm -hmm. like that narrative is tired people want to actually feel not in the reality now so mm -hmm. if there was ever a time to actually be more emotional and more kind of future facing it's like now like lay on the mm -hmm. gas like just remind people that things are can be positive versus that and like really they're like yeah like no one wants to hear another message like pat on the back like we got your back like Charmin, totally. they're, they're stupid like oh we're trying to get you toilet paper again as soon as possible it's like i don't need to hear that shit i know like like I know. who's coming up with that crap like i know it's yeah, crazy so, so how, how has it been take away like your team and the company how's it been how have your ebbs and flows personally been been through it oh for me i mean it's been tough like mm -hmm. it hasn't been ideal um i thrive off you know relationships and um and people and the energy of, of seeing them happy you know mm -hmm. and so seeing the downturn 
seeing them worried about things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wear it on my sleeves um, because I want the place to be, you know, a safe place for the, the, the employees and our clients. But, um, you know, I keep wanting to have the thing that was we had before and I just, I've got to let that go and know that mm. for now it's going to be different. The work world's going to be different. Um, we're going to be more, not a remote company, but we're going to allow different ways of doing remote and stuff in the future. Cause we've seen a lot of benefits from it. Totally. Um, so it's like, how do you pivot from what you knew to what you needed to learn and, sure, and yeah. how you go through it? But, um, yeah, it's been emotionally straining. And like I put the, I put them on my shoulder. I'm like, look, I'm going to do this. So I committed mm-hmm. to something. So it's been a little bit like, okay, I can't let them down too. Yeah, and for sure. Damn, I can tell you the team hasn't let me down though. That's for damn sure. They've been working their asses off and more proud than I've ever been. So that's awesome. So. Has there been a, cause we have someone in our staff who's lined up to get married and this is kind of prolonged that. Uh, has that, has that huh. screwed up your, your wedding yeah, plan? Like personally? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, shit. Okay. So it has. So we, um, Dev and I got, we got engaged uh, December 20th of last year, which was our um, four year anniversary. And we wanted to get married quick. We didn't want to do the long drawn out engagement. Like, look, like, let's just get it happen. And so she just started calling places. She found this amazing venue up in LA um, that we ended up locking in for August 15th, but then COVID. And so we ended up pushing it. So now it's November 14th. Um, But you know, yeah, it's not, it's not looking good. The girl here, she just sent it out for February 20th and she's still worried. Yeah, she's no, still so worried. I know, and I so I told Dev uh, literally yesterday. I'm like, you might want to call the planners and be like, hey, what other dates do they have like later in the year, next year, so we can just like yeah, book yeah. that one too, and then we can still hold on to ours. But Talk I don't know. About a crazy industry, the wedding industry, oh, just got fucking beat, beat. I, I told people because we we know guys in here. Some are they do entertainment for a wedding, and mm-hmm. we've we've dealt with some coordinators too. I'm like, what's going to happen though? All these people are still wanting to get married as soon as available. So you're going to start having like Tuesday weddings, Wednesday weddings. They're going to keep all the ones that are on the books. And then there's going to be people like, well, now it's either the weekend or 2022. Like you're going to start getting invited. Mark my words. You're going to start getting invited to like a Monday (laughs) wedding or a happy hour wedding that people are just stuffing in. And the wedding industry is going to crush in 2021. Oh, so my my homie Strawn just got a Zoom wedding. I didn't even know that's a thing. He got married over Zoom. Oh, that's crazy. See, it's not for me because like Dev and I want the first, like first off, it's going to be a party. It's like 200 people. It's going to be the party of your life. No, it's absolute like, yeah, don't Zoom it. That's not my thing. But you know, each their own. But like, could you imagine if you did zoom it though? You would be hammered. You'd end up getting hammered, and people would be on their computer like, "What the fuck are they no, doing now?" Right, just so weird and creepy. And then it's like over, and then it's just you two in your room, like, like, like okay, that's fucking. We're rad. done. Yeah, it's, it's like done. okay, like yeah, it's over. That's crazy. Yeah, no, not not our thing. But I don't know. So we're trying to book the thing. Uh, we'll see. And she's like, "I don't want masks in the photos." I'm like, "Well, babe, then we're not doing it in November." Like, if that's that's the real talk. Like, oh yeah, you don't want masks so. in the photo. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well hey, man. You, you got a story. This yeah, is it's, rad. It's, it's good. No, I, it's I, always, I always try to finish up with, because you have a really unique story of how this all started and jumping around schools and getting to BMX and building relationship capital. Like, I, I, I love it. It's the epitome of this, of this brand and like this podcast. But we always end with, if there's somebody out there who was 18, 19 year old Matt listening, you know, what's your, what's your consolidated advice for them, for whatever direction they're going. You know, if they're trying to start a business, they're trying to get into a career, they're trying to get out of quarantine, whatever the hell, like yeah. that, that younger version, what's your, uh, your advice? Nothing's bigger than you make it. I think it's just kind of looking at everything as an opportunity you can conquer. Um, and then just never stop and never settle. It's cliche, but like, that's been my mantra my whole time. And I'd remind myself of that, I think. And also totally. praise myself a little bit along the way, like you're doing all right. I think that's, we're always so hard on ourselves 
regarding what we expect of ourselves versus kind of being complacent in where you are now. So celebrating think, the little victories. Yeah, yeah, the little victories. Because like I said, like small things well, but I don't celebrate the small things. And I think going back and be like, hey, it's all right to kind of do this. So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask that small things well. Where'd you get that? I don't know. That's really cool. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I honestly don't know where it came from. You know, it's like that's what's cool about learning. Like you just pick up so many little yeah, bits of knowledge, yeah. and then you like regurgitate them. Like for sure. Like I don't know if I made it up, but I didn't because it was influenced by somebody somewhere. So yeah. for sure. Well, we're gonna eventually have to once things are whatever normal is again. We'll have to come do a site visit, come by, oh, yeah, see, see how they cook the sausage over at Basic Agency. Yeah, come on by. And, uh, and follow up. But appreciate the time. JoJo, again, thank you for getting <laughs> this all coordinated. And uh, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys.